came God's own voice with words profound. This is my son, my Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Our text today for this festival of the baptism of our Lord is taken from St. Mark's Gospel. Let's begin with the word of prayer. Father in heaven, we give you thanks that your Son has revealed himself to us as our Savior. But Lord, we also thank you that he has come to us to be identified with us as a sinner. Lord, we know that he never sinned and yet he paid the price for all of our sins on the cross. And so today we pray that you would teach us to rejoice in this and to put our trust in all that he has done for us. And now may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer, in Jesus' name, amen. The summer before I went to college, I worked at a place called Rental Service Corporation, or RSC. I, I worked on the docks there. RSC was a, was a company that rented out construction equipment and machinery to construction companies. Uh, I, I worked there on the docks. I received things. If you know how handy I am, you know what a joke it is uh, that I actually had a job at this place working on uh, all kinds of machinery. Nonetheless, uh, that was my job. And I worked with two guys there who were in their early 20s, Ernie and, and Fred. And they're just great guys, Christian guys, uh, who love to discuss the scriptures and love to debate theology. So we got along great. But one of them uh, was not baptized. And so we would debate and discuss baptism all the time. We would ask, what is baptism? Does it require water? What does it do? Is it even necessary? And he would say to me, if I'm already a Christian and I already believe, why do I need to be baptized? I'm not sure I gave him very good answers uh, back in those days, but now that I've had just over 20 years uh, to really process through the question, I think I would have some better answers for him now. The first thing I would tell him is that you need to be baptized because Jesus tells you to do it. And Jesus tells us that it is baptism and the teaching of his word that actually makes us into his disciples. I, I would then point, uh, point him to 1 Peter, where the apostle of Jesus says, baptism now saves you through the resurrection of Christ. And so in other words, this baptism gives you the gift of salvation. And now he might push back and say, I thought it was Jesus who saves me. To which I would reply, of course it's Jesus who saves you. And he uses baptism to do it. Then we would go to the reading we heard from the epistle today, Romans 6, in which I would tell him there it tells us that in baptism we were united to Christ in that we were crucified with him and raised to a new life. Baptism gives us a new life. And then I would go again to Peter, his first sermon in the book of Acts, in which he commands everybody there, really promises everyone there, that they should be baptized for the forgiveness of their sins and that the promise in that baptism was for you and your children. Yeah, even the kids were getting baptized. That's what I would tell them. This is why you need to be baptized, because baptism is a bath for sinners, where Jesus gives us forgiveness and life and salvation. The very things he purchased for us on the cross with his own blood are delivered to us in the promises and in the waters of baptism. The old sinful nature is drowned, and we are raised anew to a new life with Christ. There he gives us the gift of the Holy Spirit. All of this Jesus promises to do. Yes, even with a promise and a handful of water. 
That's what I would tell him. And I think about that. I think about that conversation a lot. And that's, I think about how I wished I would have said those things to him. But as I think about this, I wonder if I was actually having this conversation with him. And, and maybe some people were standing around, they're taking their breaks, and they were maybe listening in. And, and hypothetically, maybe one of the other workers there would be sitting there with a cup of coffee and listening. And, and maybe he would say something like this in the conversation. Well, that's a real interesting point you got there. That's some, that's some fun theology. But let me ask you this. If baptism is a bath for sinners, why in the world does Jesus get baptized? Because if I understand things right, Jesus ain't no sinner. And that's a legitimate question from my hypothetical questioner, because that's a correct statement. Jesus, he, he ain't no sinner. Jesus is no sinner at all. So why in the world would he, he be found in a bath of forgiveness for sinners? I think if you've ever spent time contemplating the gift of baptism and you've really looked at these passages before, it does raise a number of questions in your mind. I know it raised a lot of questions for me for a very long time. What in the world is Jesus doing here? But we're not alone in asking those questions. John the Baptist himself, at that moment of baptizing Jesus, was wondering the same thing. Now, we didn't get it in Mark's gospel today, but when you listen to the other gospel writers, they record John saying things to Jesus like, listen, what are you doing here? I should be baptized by you, not you baptized by me. John is baffled by this whole thing. Think about how John was preaching about Jesus. He says, look, after me is coming one who is greater than I am. I've baptized you with water. He's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. I mean, John is expecting Jesus to come on the scene and just to be uh, Holy Spirit baptizing everybody he comes into contact with, whatever that means. He's expecting this powerful entrance of Christ. He's not expecting him to come to a water of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. Now, the astute theologian among us might point out that John's baptism, the baptism Jesus underwent, is different from the Christian baptism that you and I uh, go uh, receive. And, and that's true as far as it goes. However, there are a number of parallels and connections between John's baptism and, and Christian baptism. Both of them, at least for our purposes here today, should be understood as a bath for sinners. John's baptism was expressly for sinners. It was there, and it marked repentance, a turning from sin towards forgiveness. It was there to make people ready for the Messiah. John did not think it was there as a ready-made process for the Messiah. It was there so that uh, uh, or the one who comes to the water, Jesus, should be there baptizing with the Holy Spirit, not receiving the Holy Spirit in the form of the dove. If we didn't know this passage so well, if we weren't so familiar with it, it really should shock us. And even if we do know it fairly well, it, it might well still shock us. I mean, we should be amazed that the perfect Son of God is entering a bath for sinners, taking on the water of repentance. And so we have to wonder, why does he do that? Why does Jesus need to be baptized? Well, I suppose in a certain sense, he doesn't. Jesus doesn't need to be baptized. He's the Son of God. He doesn't need anything. But what Jesus needs is beside the point. What Jesus does is quite extraordinary. Jesus comes to a bath for sinners 
so that he might identify with them. He might be numbered among sinners. He comes to the waters of repentance so that he can do the work of turning humanity away from its sin toward God. The command for you and I to repent is a very real command, and yet it is one that we cannot fulfill completely or enough. You and I will never repent enough. So Jesus comes through this place of repentance to to do the work of turning humanity back to God. He does this for us. Jesus is found in the bath of sinners, in the place of sinners, receiving the Holy Spirit and receiving the pleased voice of his Father so that he might go forth delivering the Holy Spirit and giving us the pleased voice of his Father in our own baptism. Jesus turns back to God for us so that God is pleased with him for this and is pleased with all who are in him. To be in Christ is just another New Testament way of saying, I am baptized. Because I am baptized and in Christ, God is pleased with me. Because you are baptized and you are in Christ, God is pleased with you. See, this is the sort of work Jesus does. He stands in the place of sinners to bring them back to God, even when that place is not the Jordan River, but a cross on Golgotha where he will suffer and die for the sins of the world. There, as he tells his disciples, he has a baptism to undergo, speaking of that cross. He has a wrath he must suffer, a death he must drown under, so that he would be raised by his Father. Jesus says, I will be baptized for you. I will die for you so that my Father will be well pleased with you. I stand in your place, says Jesus, so that you might stand in mine before the Father. With you he is well pleased on my account, says Christ. See, that's what I would tell my friend and my hypothetical questioner that all of this Jesus Christ has done for them. And what I would tell them is what I would tell you today, the same thing. You who have undergone a bath for sinners, Jesus found you there, for Jesus was standing in that water. He was there to forgive you, to take your sins, and to give you the Holy Spirit and the pleased voice of his Father. How marvelous is this promise of baptism, this water that Jesus fills with grace for you and for me. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty God, we give you thanks for the gift and the promise of baptism. And we ask you now, O Lord, that we always would be found faithful to you. Teach us to live as your baptized children, counting ourselves dead and alive to you through your Son, Jesus Christ. In his name we pray. Amen.